Hello and welcome to the penultimate Into Black Archive black and white episode. We've just got one more black and white left until we go into the world of colour. But before we get to that point, we've still got one, two more colour episodes to review, including this one. Black and white episodes to review. Yeah, black and white, not colour. <laughs> we're rolling with this one now because I can't bother <laughs> to do another take. So t- today we have got the seeds of death that whole foods nightmare uh we've all we've all been there and we've gone to the farm shop and wondered will these seeds kill us these ones will uh what might also kill you is some of the things that happens in this episode uh but yeah it's an ice warriors story is the main thing to point out it's more ice warriors the villain no one was asking to return has returned you see coincidentally i had a look into this before we went on and apparently the reason they returned was because it was by popular demand Apparently, the Ice Warriors was initially very popular, and and people did ask for another one. Now, before we actually get into the story, I want to ask you a question. Mm. Last time we saw the Ice Warriors, we took the piss because we found theirs. Yes, it's very we took annoying. The piss. Now, is it just me, or did they somehow <laughs> get more annoying? Yes, I think they did. They, they don't just they don't just every syllable say because they now go <gasps> yeah they do this breathing <gasps> where is the humans that is not going on video <laughs> oh yes it is <laughs> even if no one else sees it I did and I I, I greatly enjoyed the close up yeah I don't know how they've managed it but. The Ice Warriors are a villain that, at least in these first two stories we've had, I just don't get. Because to me, they're kind of... They're like a cross between... What would happen if we put if we went and did like a cross of Cybermen and any of the weird villains they've done from like season two and three? Like all of yeah. the mad alien ones. Put them in with the Cybermen and just said, off you go. The weird thing is, I don't think they're that bad. They're just irritating. I don't think... Their plan this time isn't bad. And they're, like, well-motivated. Like, it's nice that they have, like, an actually quite intelligent plan, although I think they Mm. undercut it by the way they act it out a lot of the time. Yeah. Like, they see... There's a big paradox of the Ice Warriors where pretty much every other sentence they say is, otherwise you will die. But then they never really do it. Like, it takes so much for them to actually kill a man. <laughs> the amount of chances one of them gets. It must, have, it must have been threatened with his life about 25 times. And he, is, that, <laughs> is that Federick? Uh, Federick? No, what was it? Uh, Fu- was it Fusion? Fusion. Fusion, sorry. That's his, not Fusion. Yeah, Fusion must have got... <laughs> if, if a cat has nine lives, a Fusion's got at least twice that many. Yeah. Yeah. I like how they managed to squeeze in the fact which they aren't just called Ice Warriors because we found them in the ice. <laughs> they're Ice Warriors because they're from Mars and Mars is cold. I, yes, I love Which is just as legitimate a scientific reason. <laughs> which I'm just saying, going, I love how you just graft, grab this from the jaws of defeat. <laughs> of just going, they're, they're Ice Warriors because they're from Mars. Yes. Which is cold. It's like it's like they realise at the minute. I think them just being from Mars, like you could have gone and called them, you know, the Red Planet Warriors at that point, but, but no. They even, they even like halfway through, stop calling the Ice Warriors and just go Martians. 
Yes. She noticed yes, that. Yes, they do, actually. That's a point. Is that when, <laughs> is that just... when Terrence Dick started rewriting it? And did he just have a protest about the name? And went, uh, no, we're just going Martians from here on out. It's just like they, they're sort of the Ice Warriors. And then, like, halfway through, they just sort of start weavering, going, we won't let those Martians get to us. I was thinking, okay. Yeah, I think I think what it was is that people heard Ice Warriors and went, yeah, that's a bit cringe. And then someone said they were from Mars, but Martians, right, we know about those. <laughs> now we've got something we can latch onto. Yeah. It, yeah, so they, so... they are a weird one, aren't they? Yeah. Speaking of latching onto, is there anything... Could you latch onto this episode? Did you enjoy it? Did you think it was lacking? What 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 is your overall impression? I think it follows the standard trend of a six-parter being too long. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to go with that. It's made worse by the fact which the main villains are some of the most irritating things you've ever dealt with. Yep. And it's the voices, and I mean, even the costuming. I had a read, and they were saying, "Oh, the Ice Warriors costumes are really, really expensive to do." It's like, well, they do not look it. <laughs> There's I, points where you look like, how are they even walking? I I can forgive them for the costuming because we've had worse costuming these last two oh, seasons. Yeah, we definitely have. The last two seasons have been disgraceful in terms of costuming. Let's be honest here, particularly this yeah. one. I can let them off costuming because it is. Slightly more than shoving a box on the head and going, ah, we've got a monster. Um, <laughs> Can we have that clipped up, please? The <laughs> um, But, yeah, it's just let down by fact which, like, as you were saying, the plan makes sense. Fact which they require human to fulfill that plan is a bit questionable. But the yes, plan makes- they always seem to depend on the humans in the but- end. The plan does make sense, and it's a clever plan. But it's let down by fact the main villains are irritating. It's way too long. The humans, for some reason, when developing Team Act decides to have no redundancy in there, just like for one point of failure, and then if yeah, that gets hijacked. I, I noticed that and thought, that's a really preachy thing you've put in there. Because like there's a there's a clear there's like a clear thematic idea about Team Act, which which I'll sort of get into because it doesn't really work, but I think it's probably worth mentioning that's based on the fact it's got no redundancy it's just stupid <laughs> it's like regardless of what it, what role it plays if a team mat system if a team mat system collapses and as we see here when it collapses food runs out that's another thing i'm getting into but, but if the t- people the whole thing is like oh the team has replaced rockets and no one's interested in space travel apparently team has replaced cars buses trains well, ships bicycles motorcycles scooters and mopeds i can kind of get behind that walking because i mean like if you get told in like um think about star trek you get told you don't need ships anymore you can just um beam anywhere you can just beam like i guarantee you in on earth in star trek there's no planes because you don't need to you can just teleport Mm. but the fact that there's no backup and they rely on the moon but yeah, wouldn't you have a backup at least? Like, it's not even like it's not possible because they set it up to, they bought it at the end to make it possible. Mm. Like, why isn't that set up just as a fallback in case for, for Moon goes out of signal? It is like, the big question. Why doesn't TMAT have a rail replacement bus service? <laughs> or just a backup service. But that, but that's what that is. is you know, yeah. no one likes the rail replacement bus service, but it exists when it's re- required. Team Matt doesn't have that. 
yeah, shall we get into the the good old characters? This is the penultimate time as well. We're, we're talking about all of these characters. We're very, very close now to that big change into colour. The big yeah. reboot of Who. How do you feel about where everybody is? And also, where do you want to start? Should we start with Jamie? I thought I had a feeling you were going to start with Jamie McCrimmon. Why I'm is that? I am starting to do a complete 180 on him. I'm starting to find him incredibly annoying. Yeah, this is the worst episode of Jamie McCrimmon, period. Because he's just... go. He runs out of logic... And mm. it just starts doing what we complain about Ben doing, which is just constantly complaining. Yeah, and being a bit, and sort of doing the Stephen thing, where he's a bit fighty for no apparent reason. Yeah. And, he's, and he seems to jeopardise everything. It, it's kind of incredible the way it's flipped between season five and season six. Because season five, all we ever talked about was, oh, the Doctor and Jamie are great. And then Victoria goes and ruins everything. Now we're at the point almost where the roles of the companions are reversed. And Zoe's now the really useful one. And Jamie's the one that's often getting in the way. Yeah. And actually proving an ob- obstacle. Like, it's this chivalry part of it as well, where he's like, no, no, Zoe, don't do that, you might injure yourself. But we've been shown a number of times before which Zoe is essentially a karate expert. Yeah, like, she's she's very, very capable. She's easily the most capable female companion we've had. Potentially more capable at, than Jamie at defending herself. Potentially. But, but we've still got this massive thing of, oh, no... You might get injured. And I'm just like, Jamie, shut up. Yeah, it's tiring. The problem is, is that they have run out of things for this character to do. We have reached the point, but even more so than maybe we had with Hartnell and and even Trouton to an extent where it was going through motions. There aren't even any motions happening. Well, there are motions, but they're all just flipping the character around slightly too far. It's like they just pushed the, the doll just slightly too far by mistake. And now Yeah, he's just become moany and whiny. There is one mitigation for this that I will give it because I did. I actually did reading before, before we did this recording. So, initially, Jamie was not going to be in this episode, and this is actually why it was rewritten very, very extensively, was because of Jamie. Because initially, Fraser Hines had said that after season five, he was done. Mm. And it was only Troughton personally begging him, essentially, to do one more that he said, okay, I'll do one more. But they'd already had the script secured and finalised without Jamie for this episode. And so So they asked... That's why, realistically, Jamie doesn't actually do much in this one other than just stand there and protest. Because he's never going to do anything. Yeah, and... The, the writer, actually, the initial writer, sorry, Owen, the initial writer of this episode was asked to rewrite it with Jamie and he flat out refused and he said he couldn't do it. So they gave it to Terence Dix. Like the issue is that they've done stories like this before with Jamie. His first one for Moonbase was never written with Jamie in mind. Yeah, but they but added then, stuff for him in that They episode. added stuff for him to do. Like the Piper, the Phantom like Piper the pi- and all that the stuff. The Phantom Piper stuff is, like, really good. But so... I don't know if I find that as a good enough excuse because, like, I'd rather him do nothing than just literally just sit there complaining for the entire episode, which is essentially what he does. Yeah, it's like having a Doctor Who episode on, but, like, you're actually with me. 
like I'm in the room with you, just moaning yeah. about it. Like if you were watching Sea Devils on your own, whenever whenever it was when this broadcasted, however long it was before, back on Easter Sunday, and I was just there in the corner of the room, going, "That's rubbish. I dislike this scene. I dislike that scene. Why are we doing it this way?" You'd be you'd be driven yeah. mad. Like it's gone from fun banter, just. Mm. Generally, just knowing yeah, the there's story. There's no humour in it anymore, and it's 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 annoying. It's irritating. Yeah, which is a shame because he's such he was such a good character in his first season, and then slowly his character has just slowly disintegrated into the current mess we've got now. Yes, it's it's probably a case of that character has stayed around a little time because Jamie is by a pretty big distance the longest running companion we've had. Like, up to this point. Oh, up to this point, yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about beyond. Obviously, we've mm. got longer-running companions coming. But Jamie's... Before, I mean, Ian and Barbara were pretty much longer so, and they only did a season and a half. Jamie's nearly double that. Yeah. And you can see that that's been... T- I mean, Jamie's been around almost as long as this Doctor has. Mm. And it just... It just feels weak. And he just feels weak. On the flip side, though, on to happier notes, Zoe is strong. I, I'm enjoying having Zoe around. I think, yeah, I think she actually is getting better. Like progressively, they figured out who she is and and actually figured out where her role is in the stories. And I enjoy it because they're actually making most of having her there. Unlike of just going, oh no, we need to get Zoe to do stuff. Let's make her get some tea. Mm. <laughs> Giving her the poppy treatment, Polly. I always call her Poppy. I it's it's just like a. Freudian slip, I think. But, yeah, it's good that she can sort of be the flip of both the Doctor and Jamie because she can be as intelligent as the Doctor in certain areas. She can be as fighty as Jamie in certain areas. And so she kind of brings the best of both of them into one character. Um, but I also like, because she's so far in the future, she can't play dumb. Mm. She's being given that reason, when required, to play dumb and ask the Doctor questions. As well, rather than just going, oh, I'm super intelligent. I know everything. I know everything. I can do everything. She's intelligent within her own life. But much like Jamie was technically intelligent about being a Highlander, that doesn't serve you well in different periods of time. Yeah. It is interesting that we've met, that we now, it's almost, it's almost unfortunate because if Zoe was around a series ago or two series ago, that'd have been a phenomenal Zoe would have added to episodes that were already pretty good. Yeah. But it seems that, unfortunately, while Zoe is doing well, Jamie's doing badly. And it's almost as if the energy being put into and also Jamie has been channeled back into another character. Generally, I feel like this season's been quite weak and it feels bad, which Zoe's been given not an amazing series. Yeah, she is. <laughs> she's like a brief bit of light in what is unfortunately not a very high quality series like i'm sure we'll she's discuss kept it, it watchable we'll discuss it more in two weeks when we've got the end of season what happened mm. but this season has just been so forgettable mm. i've forgotten what's come before this this episode already like it's not even bad it's just what's happened it's it's just very monotonous. I feel at the moment. Tell. It's not a dynamic series. Is that we've had? It's episode after episode at the moment. You watch it and just think, eh, 
Like, none of them have been awful. Like, they, they work, like, as stories. They work, but they're too long. They don't change enough. The, char- the side characters aren't interesting enough yeah. to push it over there. The only episode that's really been worth a proper watch has been Invasion, where they actually yeah. justified the length it had because yeah. they knew they were going to eight, so they knew they really did have to go all out for it. Yeah, and all the other ones... Like the only other one I remember is for really bizarre story one, and that was just because it was really bizarre. Okay, that, that, that had very good moments in it, and it was memorable, so I'll add that to there. But we've had episodes that have felt very much like a like a bit of a job to get through at times. Like aside from those two, I honestly don't know what we've done this season. Mm. Let, let me have a quick look. Let me have a let me just quickly load it up because I've got it already up already. So let me just we have, quickly... the, we have the uh, the crotons. Remember the crotons, the uh, oh, yeah. harvester ha- salad bar episode. Yeah, and for dominators. Yeah. I mean, the Dominators was was memorable in a stupid kind of way. Yeah, and destroy. Oh my god, the Crozon was only two episode was only last episode. And I've completely forgotten what happened in that story. I remember the first episode of it quite well, and then everything else has has faded into the ether. Oh my god, the, it feels like the same for last season as well, but just to a lesser extent. Mm. It's just slowly gotten more forgettable. Declining, declining, declining. Maybe now we're starting to realise. Why they rebooted this show at this point? Yeah, because like it's just like it's not bad. Mm. It's like eating a very bland soup. You're completely fine to eat it, but there's just no spice. There's no pepper in it. There's nothing interesting to keep your attention. Mm. You know, I actually I I misheard you for a second. I thought you said dating a bland soup. No. I was like, what? <laughs> For a start, I thought, where is this going? And then I heard soup, and I went, that can't be right. <laughs> Look, I know I haven't had any dates, but I haven't reached that point of dating soup. <laughs> I, I have to break it to you, James. I have I'm to sorry. say, soup, soup has more personality than some people I've been on dates with. I'm <laughs> <laughs> more Doctor Who companions in episode 20! <laughs> Honestly, if, if, if I've got a choice between soup and Victoria Waterfield every day, get me the Heinz cream of tomato. Oh, God. Um, uh, what about the right. Doctor, then? <laughs> what about the Doctor? Second to last episode of, of Troughton, and I think a little bit like Jamie, but a lot less so. There's a bit of going through the motions, but it's still fun. I think... It's going for promotion, but unlike Hartnell, Troughton knows how to keep humour going and how to keep that sort of like spontaneity going. Yeah, he always... It still feels like he's a bit of a loose cannon and that there's a bit of unpredictability there. Mm. And I, I think on balance, I've preferred Troughton to Hartnell. Yeah. I think there's been more going on where particularly in season four where a lot of the episodes felt like they could go in any direction which was always really nice as we've gone on i think that like the range of where it can go is has kind of shrunk down we've had a little bit of flanderization haven't we a, a little bit yeah but i still think it's it's worth watching him even when the episode yeah. isn't particularly good he's still pretty good to watch he's always just- a stronger point it's fun to, like, when, when he's got the seed pod in front of him, it starts expanding. It was nice and quite fun to see him panic. Mm. Like, you generally weren't sure which way it was going to go. And then it just be water for the last thing he grabs. Like, it was actually yeah, that's a, a fun little sequence, twist. actually. Because at that point, he really does have no idea. Yeah, and it's, it's just, good. Yeah. 
good seeing Panic. Unlike, say, Hartnell, you just imagine him being really composed, going, hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, we'll try this one. No, try this one. I'm thirsty. Let me just drink. Oh, no, I've just bet it all. Oh, no, it's going down. Well, that's a... <laughs> what a coincidence. Yeah, it... Like, I think that's the only reason why this Doctor has seemed to be anywhere near interesting is because he still has that ability to be spontaneous and keep the spark going, unlike, say, Jamie, where he's managed to go completely the other way. Yeah. The, it's, I mean, obviously, the writing... If we talk about the like the attention given by writers to characters, there's always going to be more attention on Trout for an obvious reason. So I think that's avoided going further down the line because in reality, the story lynches on him. Whereas with Jamie, particularly with this episode, the story doesn't lynch him at all. And so writing him in doesn't have to really be treated with the same amount of care. No, it's just a shame. Which... And it feels, and it does feel that way. Yeah, and then new side characters introduced in this episode. Is there anyone worth talking about? Anyone worth a fun mention? I don't think there's anyone worth mentioning, but I'm just going to mention them as a general group, and I'm sure you might end up picking apart what I'm saying. I might do, but that's usually what we do here. Generally speaking, I quite like being in their company. I think Fushim, Fushim was... he. I liked the twist at the end where he managed to outsmart them and to be seen more or not on the good side at the end that's sort of like nice mm. little twist of him being intelligent and also I like which it wasn't given to the audience straight away the doctor realised which he was going to start playing for Tony and went record this now but the audience were none the wiser about what was going on mm. I like that the fact which we had his redemption rather than him I like being how evil. he was able to get an arc I, rather than him just being his their slave or boyfriend and getting killed at the yeah. end, which I feel like what other stories would have done. Exactly. There's so many stories I can think of where you just get, oh, this is the incompetent one and that's all they'll be and they get to be incompetent before episodes and then they'll die. But but Fushim starts out that way and I think that's what makes the arc more compelling is that he starts in that very stereotypical place where you're not used to people getting out of and then you slowly realise he's maybe got a few ideas and he's maybe got a plan and he's actually going to redeem himself from, from that initial point where he seems, you know, desperate enough for his own life against anything else. And in the end, he learns the value of, well, of sacrifice. Yeah, uh, and it was... I really appreciated that fact which they did manage to properly give him an arc, unlike some other incompetent characters. But Such as... as. <laughs> but aside from that, though... Like, we do have some good characters. We've got, uh, I think her name was Gina Kelly? Gina Kelly, yeah. She's Gina Kelly. kind of in charge at one of the bases, and she's very in charge. She she was nice to be around for Professor. I enjoyed being around for Professor because he was... Eldred. Engaged. Eldred. I enjoyed being with him. He was quite fun to be with. He was a bit like but, Travers. In, uh, he sort of what he reminded me of. Yeah. But aside from that, there's nothing there to mark them down, and I enjoyed their company. Yeah, I don't think Phipps was was too bad either. The uh, the engineer that's kind of fighting the good fight on the moon base for the first few episodes. Yeah, nothing much memorable about him, but you know he's kind of he had that plucky thing, and he and he figured out that solar booby trap, which ended up being one of the big reasons why this episode came out on the good side. Yeah. I'm sad which he died, but also I realised which that. Yeah, it felt it felt like a bit of a sudden death, really. Uh, it was almost kind of set up for Fushim, and then they went the other way. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, kind of disappointing how he ended. But then again, if it helps Fushima arc, maybe it's better in the on like on the whole that it went that way. Mm. Oh well. So there's six episodes of the Seeds of Death to get into. Uh, and I'd like you to tell me which of the four of them there should have been was the best. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's one of those one again, unlike, say, Fury from the Deep, where it was very obvious we could cut out entire episodes. I don't feel like it was that bad. No. I just feel like it needed some trimming. What it really needed was for the writers to kind of shove a poker up the arse of it. And, and get it to move because too, for too long in the episodes you feel like not a lot's happening and there's not a lot of momentum and there are almost whole episodes where you feel like actually not a lot's changed like stuff's happened mm. but it's not particularly sizable and for the 25 minutes you've invested in it it just doesn't feel like you've got much out of it yeah it it's this is why reviewing the season has been so hard it's been the same review every time it is six parters are too long they haven't worked out a way to speed up the story it's slow mm. the pacing this, doesn't feel like it's even there's not there's somehow too much there's too much time there's not enough story but then even if there's not enough story there's not enough character work to fill that gap in so it's just no. this kind of empty blandness that you feel like you're sitting through yeah it it's an odd one. It, one of the first rules of writing that I learned is make every scene count. Doesn't matter how, just make it count somehow, even if it's just for a cheap joke. Just give it, it something to justify itself. It's what we've referred to previously on, particularly with this season, is that you will give a, write, to give a writer two hours and then tell him to cut it down to an hour, and then you'll get a good story. Compared to yeah. if you tell him than just keeping that first two-hour draft. It feels like that is what's happening here. We're getting the fluff. Mm. We're spending too much time going, oh, flowery, 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 flowery. Yeah, we're story. luxuriating in the story too much. Yeah. And in reality, there's not a lot of story to luxuriate in. At, le- at least when you have... I don't know. I was I was re-watching Dune the other day. Yeah. Which I really like. Even, even though it's a very long movie that's obviously going to have a second part as well, and maybe even a third part, so it's not a short thing. And there's not an actual lot of story in that movie, but at least when they luxuriate in it, they've created like a lot of stuff to luxuriate in. At least yeah. when the story's not moving, you can look around and take all of the design in and all of the score and everything. So they've got stuff to keep you entertained. With this, there's no stories to luxuriate in. You're just sitting in an empty base going, yeah. come on, do something. Yeah, it it always feels slightly empty this season. It always feels like the stories are missing something. They're missing a spark. Yeah. I mean, Troughton provides some spark, but before, whereas he used to like really light the dynamite stick off in the first two seasons, now it's more that, you know, maybe a match has lit up for a sec. Yeah. And... Yeah, I'm trying to work out what else I can say, really, about it's, it. There's an interesting kind of... There's this team at through lying through it that, that, that I think is an interesting idea. Yeah. On paper. I think it's like an interesting premise. The idea that if humanity was able to make travel instantaneous, then 
other modes of travel or really other modes of anything would become obsolete because of the the easy way out. Yeah. And I mean, Eldred kind of sums up this thematic argument the best when they get into, when the Doctor and crew get into the museum and they're talking about rockets. And Eldred says, "Well, the reason rockets are gone is because they aren't easy." But I don't like them to be easy. I enjoy the adventure of them. There's no there's no sense of travel to the T bat. And the edit choice, actually, even though it looks cheap, really works here because the fact they just come into the box in the next frame, most boring way to do it. But it's because the T bat's a pretty boring way to travel. Just a quick thing I want to quickly just say about the whole editing stuff. For a TV show which is entirely about making a big blue box disappear, hmm. the editing jumps when, when things were disappearing were quite remarkable. Yes. <laughs> um, but I also feel like it's something which already has proven not to be the case in modern day society because you could argue we don't have a point for trains, you can just fly everywhere. Yeah, you can. But Monday Society has realised which that's a stupid idea and we still have cars, we still have trains, we still have planes, we still have ferries, we still have a number of different options we're travelling. True. But I think if, the difference between a team out and planes is that planes are quite impractical in a lot of I've, ways. Whereas team out is really practical. I feel like it's a really bizarre thing to get preachy about. It like is, I, isn't it? It's very niche but I guess it's like a wider metaphor about humanity doing the easy thing, which will lead to stagnation, as opposed to doing the challenging thing, which will lead to growth, which I know is a big freaking leap it's, to, it's to, a, to take from that. I, it's a weird thing to get preaching about, because like, I, I understand the preachiness behind like, like the... Our previous encounter with the Ice Warriors about how getting rid of all the plants and things is a bad idea. I completely understand that preachiness. And some of the other preachiness, like the stuff over things, stuff we saw in the invasion over big tech companies. Like, I completely understand that preachiness. Mm. But this was just a little bit like, and the average viewer is supposed to take what away from this? Yeah. Is it because obviously at the time when this was aired, this was around landing on the moon time this is space yeah. race era where rockets at this point are pretty much more talked about than at any other point in human history yeah uh, so is the point trying to say that oh you know yeah getting to the moon is cool but soon we'll figure out a new way and then you'll miss those damn rockets so you better you better enjoy it while you can dickheads uh, otherwise it's all gonna be gone <laughs> and that's that's what we're telling the kids on saturday night enjoy those rockets yeah, it's a weird thing. Can I say something, actually, which you just reminded yeah. me of, which I really liked about this story? Mm. Fact it's connected to the other Earth stories. Yeah, like, I, that's I legitimately, a point, actually. I legitimately feel like this came after for Moonbase, mm. with the weather control stuff. I legitimately feel like this came relatively either after, after our last meeting of the ice warriors i don't know like it's never actually legitimately mentioned in the story no, it's but not it, like directly a thing it feels like it there's happened, a lot of crossover it and i think that is deliberate I, it feels linked and i really appreciate that because in modern who it's so much like outside of rusty dairy theory because rusty Dairy which is was so good, linked and yeah. which was very good at calling back to things but in other modern day stories it just feels like they're also segmented off yeah, I just don't feel like anything's linked. But this one like here, in the Moffat and Chibnall eras, there's just no canon anymore. It it feels really well linked, and I don't like it. As I say, it's never explicitly said. But when the weather control thing when it came up, I went, oh yeah, that used to be done for Moon. Mm. There is a sense of 
with with this kind of future Earth thing, there is a sense they've created a world out of it. Like it's a yeah. it's an error. It's a rough error that you can step into, and maybe some things are a little bit different, and some things have stayed the same. But there's a lot of similarities to Moonbase. The only real difference is the lack of Cybermen and the switch of the ice warriors. Even the plan isn't a million miles away from like the tenth planet. Mm. So there's a lot of crossover with previous episodes that are based under CG like this one is. I guess sort of two bases and, under siege. And it's always got something to do with the moon. Like, I well, don't... The, moon, the moon was popular, man. Uh, this was the 60s. Yeah. Everyone was chatting about the moon. It was hot then. <laughs> um, I know which you, you're in the bit of a rush, so shall we look into looking at the ending? Oh. Yeah. I, I I still think I think this story gets weaker the further you go in. That's my belief. It catches you less. I agree, but I feel like if the ending was good, yeah, compared to, I, compared to some of the other endings right. we had, we had the arc of Fusion, which mm-hmm. we had the ingenuity and the quick thinking of a doctor, which wasn't revealed until later. Yeah, we had Jamie make his last ditch attempt that actually worked. Yeah. And we had Zoe doing her stuff. I feel like, and it sort of, as we're saying, there's a story, to this madness. I don't quite know what this preachiness was about, but we kind of realised which maybe we do need to have some redundancy there. It felt like it was well learned. I felt like it had consequences, and I feel like it concluded some interesting character arcs. And the char- the characters within that world, so not Doctor James Zoe, but the characters that we met there, learn a lesson. Yeah. About you know, don't fully co- don't put all of your eggs in one basket, and don't put all of your eggs in literally a thing you have to go rocket to get to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is absolutely stupid. They don't have any redundancy. They could have done anything else. There's a lot of points in this story that I do think are a bit dumb and a bit oversighted. Yeah, but I feel like of all the things this episode have got wrong, I don't think the ending is one of them. I quite enjoyed the ending. I thought the ending was well earned and was quite good. I think the ending's fine. I, it, it has, like, the denouement that you want. We've had, we had too many endings sort of in early, the really early episodes we recorded of this that felt so rushed. And also where humans just arrived. But In pipes. In pipes, yes. So sometimes, even in underground bunkers, I, they, they, just, they just come out. Those it just pesky happens. Humans. Sometimes they just infest the story when you least expect it. Uh, but... With, I think one strength of these Trouton series is that usually the endings are pretty well rounded. Yeah. They come to a fair conclusion. It feels justified. They have a moment where kind of the story can reflect. And then before they really get the opportunity, the Doctor's already disappeared. Yeah. And I I like this ending. Yeah, I think, I think it's all right. I think overall, you know, the story, it's one of those again, and we've had so many of them in this series, where the story isn't bad. Like, like it works and it's functional. It just doesn't it's feel bl- like there's any magic and invention in it. it it's for bland soup thing, isn't it? It's, it's the bland soup analogy. It's it's boring and you get bored of eating it, so you just stop eating it. Mm. What's the blandest soup you've had? <sighs> like, what's like a bland flavour of soup? Lentil. Oh yeah, that's bland. <laughs> There's not really any flavour in lentil. It's like it's like it's like drinking texture. Yeah. It yeah, it yeah, it I, I completely agree. It's just a story which 
goes on because it needs to. There's nothing to keep it going. It just kind of just plods. And then we get to the end. You, and, and you're just being spoon-fed all the information. I'm really concerned about our next episode. <laughs> it's uh, it's long. It's ten parts. And outside... Ten whole parts. Outside of the invasion, I'm not convinced this story writing team can hold my attention for ten parts. It's fine. Because right at the end... <laughs> They're going to come up with one of the maddest twists and the most overpowered characters you've ever seen. <laughs> so don't even worry about the eight or nine episodes before it. Just, just the only one everyone remembers is, is the last one for obvious reasons. Right. Let's let's close out of this the normal way. Uh, out of ten, what do you give this episode? Uh, I'm going to give this a four because it, it just doesn't catch my interest and there's too many issues. It's not bad and it's fine, but... Uh, Jamie's rubbish. The Doctor is going through the motions. There's too many inaccuracies. The team at thing, while it sort of works on a message level, is kind of stupid in practice. And the story just doesn't grab you. And the Ice Warriors are irritating as hell, which does not help. I, I'm i also going to give it a four, but for slightly different reasons. Okay. I, I, I feel like if Jamie was better... And the ice warriors weren't so annoying, it would go up. Mm. It's just the fact which they've just managed to make the perfect blend of irritation. Yeah, which you just and can't it's go anywhere by blandness as well. Yeah, yeah. It it's one you've got to want to watch. Yeah, you've got to have a real ice warriors interest. If you look, if you like the ice warriors for whatever reason, you'll enjoy this. But, but yeah. otherwise, otherwise, I think you're you're going to be hard. You're going to be hard pressed to find a lot of fun here, myself. Mm-hmm. But you know, see what you think. And if you have watched this episode or um, are interested in watching it, do let us know. You can always get in touch with us. Uh, we are available on Twitter at Black Archive Pod. That's our handle where you can message us whatever you like. And if you prefer the more traditional route of email, you can do that as well at blackarchivepod at gmail.com. No spaces, no uppercase. So thank you very much for listening. Please remember to subscribe. Remember to leave a review down below. You can like us if you're on for YouTube because I think we're now uploading there. And Ooh. I think that's for the promotion. Share it with your friends. There we go. Some old-fashioned <laughs> old-fashioned word of mouth. Let's go. Give it, give it the word of mouth. Share it with the people you love. And perhaps more appropriately, the people you don't love. <laughs> Sharing is caring, people. Thank you for listening (laughs) and have a good night. We'll see you later. Goodbye.